<laughs> they have a problem with counting. That's an interesting count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> count is one. Right. Um, Thumbs up. So, hello and welcome to another episode of Grange TV. We have with us uh, Mr. Eli Hedges over there doing his count. He did a count. I said count us in, and he did a one count. Really following the footsteps of yeah. Dave. Yeah, so his, his mentor and father figure, David Roberts, he did the count. I said count us in, and he goes... <laughs> So, and we have with us a very special guest, Mr. Isaac Butterfield, Australian comedian, podcaster, YouTuber. And we have with us Robert Whitaker, the runner-up of the Mortal Kombat Challenge, big hey. loser in the VR boxing hey. challenge, hey, the biracial angel, oh, Australia and New Zealand's own, Mr. Robert Whitaker. Hey, the last Mortal Kombat experience was a win for me. I learned how to block. But you didn't use it, man. You didn't use it. Because I learned at the end. It was a fucking savage yeah, beat. It was a little late, man. <laughs> Are you a good Mortal Kombat player? Learn from your mistakes, mate. I, I just, I'm one of those people that just, just goes full psycho on the, on the buttons and just sometimes I come up trumps, other times fail miserably. But, you know, you just, you learn from your mistakes. You learn to block. You learn how to throw a punch. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Some people don't learn to block, though. Hey, I, I, really. I did last week. Just you wait. Just you wait. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Um, thank you for coming on the show, man. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like you, so you're a podcaster, you are a comedian. Yeah. Well, mate, uh, I'm more than just a beard. You know, I, I do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, you're no, much bigger than I thought you'd be. And it is a great beard. Thank you very much, sir. I, 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 you know, I, eat, I eat me veggies. I'm quite a tall human being. I, uh, I'm six foot eight. So about 120 kilos. So a lot of people get that sort of surprise when they meet me because the uh, the camera may add 10 pounds, but it certainly takes off a lot of height. So they don't really expect that. But you know, I thought you were a little guy. Yes, yeah, so most people do. And then I just come out because I'm a little guy. I talk a lot of shit online, right? That's yeah. my game. I just talk shit about people. And then they meet me in real life and they're like, oh, <laughs> that's oh, dangerous. I had, a, <laughs> I had a problem with you until I met you. <laughs> <laughs> I had that problem with you. But, uh, but mate, I'm good I, now though. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing stand-up for uh, coming up five years now and uh, started in Newcastle uh, and Sydney doing open mic nights and uh, something I always wanted to do. And then uh, over time started opening for some bigger guys across the country and then uh, thought to myself, you know, the best way to reach and, and to get an audience is, is through the online sort of uh, spectrum and started making YouTube videos. I made two videos every week for a year, got nowhere, no one gave a shit and then one video went well and then another video went well and... I'm uh, about to have about a million subscribers, so. so it's unreal. What's the name of your channel so people can just my name? You're not going to get any Butterfield. viewers from us, but yeah, that's okay. That's well, maybe okay. Maybe my mum will subscribe. To <laughs> I hope so. uh, <laughs> Isaac Butterfield. So you just look that up. If you Google, if you if you type in the letter I in YouTube, I'll come up first. That's how much of a big deal nice, I am. Nice, now. nice, <laughs> nice, excellent. excellent. I've made it. Yeah, you don't even have to type it in. You just have to open YouTube. YouTube will know. Yeah, with it in your head, you just have to be thinking it. And then it'll come up as a favorite. So, uh, yeah, and starting a podcast uh, next week, one of the first episodes will be with you, Robert, and uh, it's looking very, very much looking forward to that, having a I'm big old chat. To it. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be on fire. It's going to be unstoppable. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Um, people will forget the name Rogan when it comes to podcasts. <laughs> but, um, but I'm um, here just doing all that, and uh, currently on an Australian tour, and we're going over the UK as well and New Zealand. So. Um, heading up this week to uh, Townsville and Cairns and Darwin and then back down south and was in Tasmania the other week and up in Airlie Beach last week and uh, it was actually in Airlie Beach, uh, first time I've ever been there, I don't know if you've been there, very yeah, nice, yeah, very, very nice spot beautiful. and uh, mate, I'm a massive pussy, right? Just, I hate doing adrenaline stuff, I'm not into that at all 
And one of this, this old, old mate, uh, he emailed me, he said, mate, do you want to come and do uh, an acrobatic uh, flight? And I was like, there's what, no way. What's an acrobatic flight? So an acrobatic flight is like those guys who do the flips yeah, nah, in the air. Fuck that. Flip net. Well, that's what I've always said. And then I said, <laughs> no, nah, I'm going to do this. Massive regret, by the way, in hindsight. <laughs> so I turn up and it's this, uh, it's this Russian, uh, what's it called? Uh, a Spitfire? Fuck, no, but yeah, it looks like that. I can't remember what it was called off the top of my head. Built in 1990. It's got about a million rivets all over the what wings. Is? 1990. 90. 1990. Okay. 30 years old. Nah. Terrifying. <laughs> right? nah. I wouldn't I drive a car that old. I don't, I, I don't trust Qantas now. Like, like, yeah, would you get in a car that's 30 years old? Nah. nah. Yeah, you're done. You're, it doesn't have airbags. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, I'm pretty sure you don't need to wear seatbelts if the car's 30 years old. Because uh, you, you're, you're a dumb cunt. Yeah. 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 It's a choice. Well, well, mate said to me, mate, you need to wear your seatbelt in this. I was like, oh, yeah, obviously. He goes, no, but seriously, if we go upside down and you're not strapped in pro uh, properly, the Perspex won't hold you and you'll fall out of the plane. Nah. So okay. I was like, yeah, bro, strap me up. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. um, so he's this mad man. And we jump in and uh, I've got a video of it. Uh, I Did can, you get motion sickness? Oh, crook has. Right. <laughs> I said to him, like, I said, mate, you know, I'm being a bit of a pussy here, but we've got to stop because I'm going to spew in your plane. I've got a show in three hours. I don't want to be crook all afternoon. But he takes off. We take off at 200 k's an hour, like a normal plane. And then we're just sort of gliding. And I'm looking around, you know, looking at all the... All, How it, big is it? It's... Uh, I'll show you a photo. It's tiny. Okay. It's a tiny... It's a tiny... And I know for everyone who... You can check out my Instagram, actually. Uh, whichever camera I'm looking at. You check out my Instagram if you want to see this uh, this particular plane because it's a great-looking plane. And um, so we're climbing. And instead of a plane, you know, you, you fly you fly Virgin. Shout out to Virgin. Gold member here, right here. What's going on? Uh, you fly out there and it's, um, you know, you, you climb pretty slowly. So it's one of those. No, it's fucking... Yeah. It's not a plane, dude. It's not a plane. It's, it's, a, it's a paper plane. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he goes from... You know, going at what 200 k's an hour, he increases the speed to 500 k's an hour and goes from 20 meters off the ground to like 400 meters off the ground in two seconds. And at the point, at this point, I'm looking at all the dials because they're all in Russian, trying to read what's going on. And because of the g-force of him taking off and going that quick, I can't look up. So I know I'm going up, but I can't lift my head because it weighs five times its normal weight. I can't lift it up. And I, I, I get up there, feel crook as, a if crook as a dog. I'm looking out. I can't see where I am. Next minute, we're upside down. Then he's doing flips and I'm on the intercom going, what are you fucking doing, mate? Leave me alone. So you're sitting behind him. I'm behind him. And mate, and, and the scary part is I was, he can't disconnect the control from the of the plane from me because there's, uh, you know, there's a stick thing, whatever it's called, there's the throttle and all that type of stuff. In that plane, for whatever reason, legal reason, you can't disconnect the control. So I have full control of the plane if I want to take it, which is a scary thing for him. He's letting some random person get in the back of his plane and old mate could just like pull the stick. And, and you, could, you could just panic and do it. Yeah, or you try to grab onto something. Like I didn't expect any of this. Like I, I don't know if anyone out there has done this type of stuff, but the G-Force thing is incredible. Like he has just control of you. We went upside down across Airly Beach, upside down at 400 Ks an hour, doing barrel rolls. Were you, did you have your eyes open? Yeah, it was the worst experience of my life. Everyone, he says, mate, everyone gets out and they're like, I'm so glad I did that. No. I got out, I was like, no, never again. Nothing about what you said makes me want to do it. No. I'm feeling motion sick now, listening to <laughs> Yeah. I get motion sick so bad. It was so bad, Ben. It was there's so a guy, bad. There's a guy that lives around the corner from me and he he, he restores those types of airplanes, World War II airplanes actually, so older ones. Yeah. And he's he his mate crashed and died when in doing that shit. And I was just like oh. 
Oh, I'm glad I did this podcast after I did it. <laughs> I'm, I'm always a bear. I'm like the good news bander. Good news panda. Well, he used to have a biplane, this dude, and he hit a drone taken off and had to crash land into the water. This yes. is what he tells me as we're waiting to take off. <laughs> I'm like, well, have you banned drones around this joint? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, you're not meant to fly drones. Sure drones like, oh, it's Ely Beach Airport. No one cares. There's no security. You just get on. <laughs> yeah, so 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 I didn't even know they had an airport. Well, they've got the one, and they've actually got houses, like multi-million dollar houses there that have big garages for people's planes. So they live on the runway. Really? Yeah. It's, it's something I never... Apparently, it's quite popular in the States, but I never knew that even existed. But uh, driving out to take off... There's all these houses with massive garages. Yeah, what do you need? Why do you need a plane accessible like that all the time? It's just car. It's just like cars. People are just. It's just who's big. Who's dicks the biggest? They're just like, oh yeah, I got a little Cessna. Oh, dear. <laughs> Check out my Spitfire. You know. Hey, what made you want to do comedy? Because to me, I think like stand-up comedy's got to be like the scariest thing, like that. Other than that crazy shit you just spoke about mm. then, but stand-up comedy to me, like I can't imagine doing that. I love it. It's, it's the, my favorite thing in the world to do. But uh, I don't know. I wanted to play footy growing up. My old man played footy and uh, it's, I wanted to follow in his footsteps. I wanted to play for Newcastle. That was my dream. And uh, I was a very overweight kid and realized pretty early on they weren't going to put me on the field. So I thought, oh, well, uh, we'll give something else a go. And I used to watch a lot of Billy Conley with my pop and my, my grandma back in the day and uh, a lot of uh, the stand-up that was on the ABC back back then. And then I come in contact uh, through probably YouTube through with Jim Jeffries. Uh, and people like him, Jimmy Carr, Bill Burr, all these type of guys when I was at high school. And uh, I just thought to myself, this is this is what I really want to do. This is about, about 14 years old. And then uh, just over time, you know, when there was a school thing, I would do the speech there or whatever, and it would always be, you know, humor-based. humor, humor based. And so I've probably been doing stand-up for a lot longer than I said I have been. But, you know, uh, properly, uh, actually sitting down writing five minutes of material, uh, you know, about five years. And the only way I got into it was through Joe Rogan's podcast. And that was, uh, I think he was doing a podcast with Joey Diaz and he was talking about uh, how you actually get started because there's no, it, there's no, uh, there's no science to it. There's no like guide. It's not like you do a university degree and this is how you get to the top. You know, you, it's just trying. It's just hoping that things work. And uh, so I was listening to him and he said, this, you've got to write five minutes material, go and test it out uh, at an open mic night and, and hope, hope it goes well. And then uh, just through time and through, you know, uh, perfecting your craft, you know, eventually, hopefully something will work for you. How long does it take to get five minutes of material? It could take a day. It could take an hour. It could take a year. It depends on, you know, how good you are, how good the, the piece is. You know, there's, there could be, a, it could be a shitty little five minute bit, but it gets a couple of laughs. So it could be the best five minute bit of all time, you know. Uh, but a really good five minute bit might take... You know, let's say two weeks to write, but it might take two years to tour around and get perfect. And then you now, right? So you, when you have a gig, how long does your gig go for? Oh, I'd probably spend about 70 minutes on stage. That's a long time. Mm. And you've got to get used to like the ebb and flow, eh? Like, yeah. Because it's not like you're <clears throat> smashing people after 70 minutes. You've it's to... hard to do that. It's hard to do Yeah. That. People enjoy having a bit of a break too. Like they start to hear a story or maybe you don't want to just hit them with just, yeah, yeah. because then the hard shit when you say it or you do whatever, it doesn't have the same sort of, um, yeah, the punchline. Yeah. The punch isn't as hard. You know, if you hit them with hard shit, the whole show, then people just like, they don't care as much. But, um, my first show I did on my last tour, which was started, uh, probably, I think it was June last year, first week of June last year. I did two shows in Sydney on the first night and one show in Wollongong on the second night. 
And in that weekend, I done more. I did more time on stage than I ever did in my open mic career of three or four years. I'd never done an hour before, and that was terrifying. Like just to think, how am I going to get this time on stage? Because an hour is, as you said, a long time. Now it's just I just do it. That's that's my job. You know, I'm just used to it. But the first time I did it, it was just horrific. How scary is is doing the open mics in that? Uh, it wasn't too bad. Is, to it, is it better now though that like people know who you are, so that people go into your shows uh, after that type of humor? Yeah. D yeah. Does that make a difference? Yeah, or? they they know it's like going to see a band. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You know what you're going to get. So uh, the people that come to my shows, um, people often assume that my fans, the people that follow me, are all young blokes who are just pigs. Mate, my audience is fifty-fifty male, female every religion creed color whatever uh it's always a big mix and i think that's really important and that's what a lot of people don't get about my style of humor like i say some horrible shit on stage but it all comes from a good place none of it's hate um but but say when you were coming up and doing like five minute hits and you were going somewhere and like it was like a motley crew of people that was what was that like well i, I it's always been okay but i have had shows where you have like you know, a room full of 70 year old women and my shit just doesn't fly. You know, they don't want to hear that. But what do you do when that happens? You just die a horrible death. <laughs> have you had, have you oh, had bad ones? Oh, all the time. Tell us what I am. All the, my, the, wor okay, the worst show I've ever done was, uh, so uh, my old man was a part of the city team in the rugby league, sort of like New South Wales versus Queensland, except it's uh, city versus country, city versus country yeah. where it's uh, basically they pick the two best teams from that team to play for New South Wales, or at least that's the way it used to be. So my old man was the defensive coach with Brad Fittler, and he talked to Freddie about, oh, my young bloke's trying comedy out. This is like I'm a year in. And he said, oh, maybe you could come up and do a gig for the boys. <laughs> so I jumped at the chance. I was like, let's do it. And... Um, so I get there, we go to a pub. I think I'm going to do it at the pub. You know, I've got my nice shirt on. I'm trying to look flash. I'm going over my notes and all that type of stuff. And we get back on the bus and we're heading back to the hotel. And Freddie goes, oh, I forgot, mate. Uh, why don't you just do it on the bus? I was like, oh, absolutely. I wish you asked me that early. Let's do that. That's a great idea. Uh, there's no microphone. I just use the uh, the bus mic. Bus this thing. little square, little tiny thing that the, the no cord, one's looking at. Uh, no, the cord's that long. I'm standing at the front of the bus. I'm hiding <laughs> with the driver, and I'm trying to tell jokes. And you know, David Clemmer, who's the New South Wales front row, is just screaming at me how much I suck and <laughs> all this type of stuff. And and I'm just dying a horrible death. It gets to the point where the only laugh I could get was the players. For some reason, and this is with blokes, I don't know about you guys in the fight game, but especially with footballers, it's a very uh, homoerotic uh, sort of situation a lot of the time. They start screaming, you know, get your dick out, get your dick out. The whole <laughs> whole bus was clapping to get me dick out. And obviously, as a comedian, about 20 years old, I got me dick out. No. At least I got a laugh. <laughs> you know, that was the only thing. No. But that, it, that is rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, I was there. I was there, man. <laughs> I, I have, have no story to parallel that. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible it was so bad i ended up just like screaming at players and you know that was it was nothing you can do that's kind of like they raped you oh i was emotionally raped <laughs> now physically <laughs> well it wasn't uh, a mad monday i wasn't physically raped this, this went down like <laughs> <laughs> but on on top of that you know i i get to do theaters now and uh, i'm about to do uh the enmore in sydney which I can't wait to do, a massive room. And uh, the Civic Theatre in Newcastle, which I grew up wanting to do. Yeah, you I've know. got to ask, does, does an experience like that, like 
like hitting rock bottom, like figuratively, like in your <laughs> that was, that was in, pretty in, bad. In thing, like plummeting and like not not hitting the punchline. Does that make it easier from then on? Because you're like, what? It can't be as bad as that. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's it, it's made it's the same thing with the plane thing the other day. I had turbulence coming home from Brisbane, and my uh, my tour manager Zach's freaking out, panicking. I go, mate, at least we're not upside down. Who gives a fuck? We'll be fine. You know. It's true. Remember that turbulence we had that day? Yeah, we had we had turbulence on going down to Melbourne. Going down to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah right. Was, I don't know what was happening, but it was. It was honestly the worst thing I've ever felt because it wasn't just going down, it was going up, down, left, oh, right. No. It, it, to the point where like, everybody, everybody in the plane had their heads down. Yeah, it was over. Like yeah. everyone was like... <laughs> and the flight attendants... <laughs> the flight attendants were not around. ...were strapped in, heads down on their knees. Like, what? On their knees? Yeah. Like, the, everyone, like their heads were on their knees. Ev everyone was praying. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone was praying. Like, it was... It was bad, like, yeah. It was, Except the guy next to me. The guy next to me... <laughs> Was trying to sell me like this franchise life thing. insurance, dude. No, he was, honestly he was trying to sell me this gym franchise because of Robin. I was just like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, this is not the last thing I want to think about. You're gonna die, right? Yeah, now. but he he just kept going. He was doing the hard sell. Yeah, he probably travels all the time. He's used to it. Yeah, like, yeah, he, he we'll said that right. to me. He's yeah, like, no, nah, mate, you know these things have got all these. He's just talking like this, blah blah blah, and everyone else is like this. Yeah, the flight. You know you're in shit when the flight attendants. Mm. Are preparing for the worst. Yeah, when oh. they're when they're panicking because they fly all day. When they're strapped in, you're worried. worried. Yeah, yeah, and they were quiet. Like they weren't like you could see them when you looked. There's no smiling. You nah, could hear the air flowing through. The, the, the <laughs> thing. Like, it was dead silent. So for about bad. two years, I had like anxiety flying. Like I'd get I get like, bad sweats and things like that, and then eventually went. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it comes good after sometimes, but it's the same with gigs, man. Like you just get bad ones sometimes, and that's fine. Even to this day, like. No, not so much now. I mean, people come out to see me, but like if I do a spot somewhere and I, I did a spot in uh, Perth, I did the Perth Fringe Festival and uh, sold out all the shows. It was really, really cool. I was just testing new material and I did, uh, I just went and helped out a mate who had a show at 12 o'clock at night and I went up there and did a couple of jokes and they just bombed hard. And I've been doing a week of sold out shows. Like I know these jokes work. And that's often the thing with stand up is often it's the audience, not the jokes. So it's a really weird thing to sort of wrap your head around. And it's also, also, all, it almost sounds like a cop out, but it, but I've seen it. And um, these people hated me. They started booing me and all this type of stuff. And obviously, you know, being me being the level headed person I am, I started calling them the C word and fuck off and all this type of shit because I'm a bit of an asshole. But um, it got to the point where I was just like, you know, I got off stage and then my mate got on who was running the show and he said, Isaac, I've got to level with you. I told everyone in the crowd not to laugh at anything you said before you got up. And like that would have been really funny, but I've just insulted some woman <laughs> yeah, in the front row. You weren't part of the joke. I've become a huge pig. Everyone hates me. I've ruined my reputation in Perth. So uh, yeah, shout out to those Perth people from Perth. Uh, wow. I'll be coming back one day. Wow. wow. He told, told everyone not to laugh at your shit. Yeah. So you stand up there and you deliver. This is the hor most horrible thing about stand up when you bomb is you deliver a piece of material. You got a big smile on your face and silence. Yeah. And you just like. Oh, it would right. be cool if you shared the joke with me beforehand. <laughs> Is it always in Oz? Always in Australia? Well, uh, this tour, uh, I'm heading to NZ, which I'm really excited about. Never been over there. Uh, I'm heading to uh, the UK as well. Um, Sorry, just, just rolls. Put the thing up. High up. Yeah, and turn around, it's facing down. Oh, Sorry. Sorry. So I'm heading to NZ, heading to the UK, uh, doing Ireland, Scotland, um, and England. And then uh, starting next year, going over to America. Uh, how how much is the difference crossing over the humor between because i think 
US humor <clears throat> to Australia humor because we get so much US media. It's probably not that big, but Australian to US me, uh, humor. What? I mean, I, I don't experiences or things you've heard. I I hear that it's uh, it's similar. You can get away with a lot because I mean, there's obviously a lot of Aussies over there. Uh, and I'll just see. I mean, I had some uh, uh, English guys at the show in Ely Beach on the weekend, and they loved it. So, I mean, hopefully that translates for the whole country. I don't know. I just have to see. And then, obviously, you know, it's, it's like with fighting. You know, if your first tactic doesn't work, your plan, then you move to plan B, or you sit in between rounds and you go, okay, that's not working. I sit in between jokes and I go, okay, that's not working. So do you, do you, do you make a piece uh, directed towards a certain audience, or do you have certain pieces that you just... We think, well, these guys might react to this better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if the really hardcore fans are, or the really hardcore comedy fans are there, they'll, they'll take anything, then I'll go really hard. You know, if I'm doing a... I very rarely do, like, uh, shows for people, but if I'm doing a, a gig for a mate or a favour for charity, then obviously I'll dull it down a little bit. I won't go full full uh full my sort yeah, of style crazy like a children foundation no i have done that when i used to do open mic nights they used to have kid night kid free kid kids eat free meals on the same night the open mics and i'm talking about dicks and all this type of shit there's kids there eating nuggets it's awful <laughs> do, you, do you feel funny doing that yeah i feel awful but you have to put it wrong because you've got a piece like you've got a job to do i do it you just got to do but it. But you're just, as you're staring in some, some little kid's eyes while he's like, Eight year old. He's, he's like with his nuggets and his sauce. He's like, <laughs> I, do, I do this bit about um, uh, if sperm could talk. And it's like a 10 minute bit about sperm. And it's, it's actually, it sounds ridiculous, but it's not that bad. Um, and I just had this older lady sitting in the front row next to her kids who were at the show. They were about 19 oh, years man. old who loved, who loved like all that type of stuff. And she was just looking at me through that whole bit like, what are you doing? Do you prefer to have that intimacy where you can full see people in a small thing or, or you want a big show? Um, well, the thing with stand-up is, uh, and any stage sort of, uh, you know, anything with a stage is you can only really see the front two rows maybe, maybe the third, because the lights are just so full on in your eyes. You can't see anything. When you, you put those lights up, it's, it's a lot more scary. But you, you can't, you just can't see people. How nervous do you get before... Uh... I used, I used to never get nervous and now I get more nervous because people have invested money into coming along and laughing. And I think that's, I just treat expectations because it's my job now. And I treat YouTube, I treat everything like a job because I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get a house and all that type of stuff. And this is how, how it happens. It's going to happen for me sort of thing. So, uh, I treat it all very, very seriously. Although I go out there and have a really good time and I love what I do. I wouldn't want to do anything else. Uh, it's it's a job and if i if i fuck up then i know that okay i'm you know i'm affecting my my work sort of thing so uh, i treat it very seriously i've also the main anxiety for me that comes with shows is uh has come from so i've got a form of epilepsy and uh basically all that happens is it used to happen when i was playing footy every now and then is i lose control of my head right so my eyes start to imagine you're trying to look behind yourself and you start looking behind yourself you go blind in this eye and your head turns like that for about 10 seconds, you remain completely conscious. So I used to take a hit up and every now and then because of the whiplash sort of effect, uh, I would lose control of my head and I'd be have to just like sort of sit on the ground for 10 seconds until it come back. So when you say you lose control of your head and you do this, yep. do you do you lose control of your fit legs? Like nope. do, you, do you sit? No, nope. absolutely fine. So you're just doing this? You, 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 you lose control of your head, but your equilibrium is, uh, is affected. So I can stand up, but it's hard. 
it's hard harder to stand up so i have to sort of like just i just sort of sit down so i'm not like spinning around like an idiot it's happened in the ocean too which was terrifying but um yeah you just sort of like spin around like this getting hit with waves but uh it's something i've had for about four or so years so that's my biggest fear on stage is having one of those which really the probably the only way to sort of combat that is to have one and just deal with it you've only had it for four or five years yeah how, how, how before that you never had it never had it and so it happened when you were like 20 yeah for the so first time i was laying in bed and it just sort of happened i was like that was weird and then probably two years later often like blokes do you sort of put it off and you never go see a doctor and i went and saw the doctor on my 21st birthday on the exact day and he said uh, <clears throat> that's really weird it sounds like this disease and i was like what's that disease he goes you know people in wheelchairs who are like that and i said you think i'm going to be like that he goes oh, i'd rather not say <laughs> this is yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, "You fucking serious?" Mate? You should have not said it. You didn't want to say. It. <laughs> Don't say anything. Yeah. So then, the worst thing about anything to do with the brain is you got to get into a neurologist, and getting into a neurologist is exceedingly difficult because you have to just because there's so many people trying to get in, and it's not like another doctor where you go, "Oh, I have got a really bad skin condition. Skin condition, can you squeeze me in?" No, no. Everyone's got something bad when they go to a neurologist. So he, uh, it's a six month wait to get in particularly in Newcastle, like this is only like two of them or something. Yeah. So I get in and, and he he's does- he's baker too. Yeah. <laughs> baker and also runs the water on the weekend. He's an Uber driver. <laughs> um, and, he, uh, and he does the scans. I go in and then get an MRI. I don't know if you've ever had an MRI. It's, yeah. it's a, especially on the head, it's terrible. It's this tiny little space. You can't focus on anything. Awful. I hate MRIs. They're oh, the so worst. uncomfortable. Terrible. Like why would they make that? Like sort of slightly comfortable that's what people do they lay in them like put a bed in there anyway uh so i get it done and uh everything came back normal everything was fine so there was no uh no signs of ms no signs of anything bad no signs of anything that uh, from the concussions i'd had playing footy from getting knocked out several times all that type of business and um which was great great news uh and it just come down to old mate said over time that oh, we think you've got frontal lobe epilepsy some form of it we can't really put a name on it but it uh it should go away over time um and uh and yeah just i think that sort of thing like that led to me having a lot of like being scared on stage not because of the crowd not because of the jokes but because i don't want to look be embarrassed sort of thing uh and it led to a lot of anxiety in uh in uh, in life as well that's why we're like uh this type of shirt here that we we're speaking about earlier uh, this is from a company called living and they're based on the on the gold coast i'm pretty sure up there and they look after men's mental health and it's something that i work a lot with uh talking about in videos and about my own problems with it because it's a it's a hilarious concept that people uh, sort of go through in their lives where you don't really understand like severe anxiety or i've never had depression but i talk for anxiety like these crazy panic attacks i had panic attacks every single day throughout the day for two years like it's it's full on it controls your life and thankfully, I had people around me that were able to help me out and put me in the right direction. What was the... Because I, I, I probably what, now a year ago, I had real, real bad for not every day, but I had every day for about three months. And that was about as much as I wanted to have. But even now, like that was a year ago, even now, I'm not good. Like me and uh, my business partner, Alex uh, Pradas, were talking about this yesterday. Like even now, for example, like I've lost heaps of strength physically. Like if you look at me, I look more You're big oh, no, I'm massive. now but if you look at me i look more or less the same you know like yeah, yeah, i yeah. did you wouldn't be able to tell but 
like my like I now I probably can start to do push-ups properly and and that again. Like I haven't gotten my strength back, and my neural system just went from from the anxiety attacks. And I don't think a lot of people understand. It's not like you're just sitting there going, "Oh, I don't want to go to the shops. I don't want to go to the shops." No. It's it's bigger than that. Do you, can you speak? <clears throat> the way I explain it to my old man because he's told me because he's a you know old school guy. He's just like and he'd never had those sort of problems. He uh, he would say, "Mate, you just need to calm down." I was like, "Dad, honestly." It's like even sitting on the lounge watching the telly, it feels like, you know, everything's relaxed, everything's cool, I'm with my family, great. It feels like there's a lion next to me about to attack me. That, that's what I say to people. I say, look, if there's three or four of us here, it's like we're all sitting here, everything's cool, and I say, hey, there's um there's a brown snake in this room. You can't see it. Yeah. And as we're talking, Eli <clears throat> drops dead. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And then you, you fucking, I could be next. That's That's yeah. the fucking feeling. And you can't, but the thing is, man, even that older generation, it's because I, I hear people say it, it's not that they didn't have it. What happened with those older generations? I'm not talking about your dad, but I'm just saying mm. the whole thing. My parents, I'm, you know, my parents are like staunch, like South American, old school people. Like, um, But that generation, they drink. Yeah. They fucking finish work, go to the pub, drink, come home. They'd still um, my dad never did, but I'm saying they still beat their wives. They're still fucking people still had affairs. People fucking lost their minds all that shit. It's just, it wasn't spoken about, but mental health is not new. Well, alcohol yeah. is an anti-anxiolytic. hundred percent. Yeah. And a lot of people, that's what I talk about a lot is a lot of people, I used to drink pretty heavily when I was a kid, like most people, you know, from 18 to 22 sort of thing. And I ballooned out and I got on a keto diet for the epilepsy actually. And it stopped it. It was really interesting uh, that's why I, I got on that to help with that and uh, also lost like 35 kilos from I got down to like 94 which was just way too skinny I looked terrible but the the control that people think they have over their lives and then when they have a sort of mental illness sort of creep in and even that word mental illness people are like no 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 I don't have mental illness yeah mental illness. it's just like having a cold you know everyone has illnesses and it doesn't mean you're going to be crazy for life. That was one of my big fears. I thought I was going to... Yeah, when you're going through anxiety, it's the fucking worst. Because you have these worries. You have these anxious thoughts. Your brain takes over. It goes into survival mode. In fact, it, it decreases in size. It shrinks. And so, your amygdala increases. It just it just turns into this mess inside your head. And, uh, and this is what I'm trying to help with people and talk about. Because, um, you know... It doesn't matter. Like you look at me, a big dude, got the world at my feet. Everything's going really, really well. But at that year when everything was really successful, I was at my worst place. And a lot of people talk about just depression being an issue. And obviously it's an issue, uh, but anxiety is up there as well. Yeah. But I will say this, man, I've never had depression, but I was in a hospital because with it, with it, I was actually staying here before, before we set it all up. I was, I was staying here and uh, I had this fucking image of uh, fucking, this is so funny when I say it. I don't, I don't do anything. Like somebody wrote on the thing, but it's true. Like I'm the kind of person that like, I'll stop at the lights in Grand Theft Auto. Like I'm not, I do not, <laughs> I don't break the law. I don't do anything, you know, but I had this image because of my accountant, who's actually like the straightest guy you've ever met. Something would have gone wrong with something and no bullshit. Like the federal police were going to come and get me. Hmm. And I was saying to my wife, they're coming, you know, they're coming, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, nah, man, like you don't do anything i think she would like me to have a bit more excitement in my life but 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 i don't and then there's this voice not not an external voice in a monologue you know they were saying to me you should hang yourself dude because federal police is coming 
you're going to end up fucking swapping fucking peanut butter sandwiches for fucking sex in prison. You know, you're That's not going to terrible swap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what's going to happen to you. That's what's going to be Get your receipt after that. That's, That's awful. That's what's going to happen to you, you know? <laughs> And, and that's all these thoughts were going on in my head, man. And then, like, I lost control of my arms and legs, and they were shaking bad. The ambulance came because I didn't know what it was. Now, if you're always anxiety, no, the ambulance came and took me to hospital. And, like, the whole time, I'm, I'm losing my fucking mind. I'm going to end up in a uh, mental home. But the one thing I was like, please don't give me depression. That I can remember vividly saying that to myself. Don't. If there's a God, please. You know, I've always played by the rules. If there isn't, Still, I played by the rules, so please be good to me. Mm. Don't give me depression. That's one. Because when I, when I had them real bad, I was in Hawaii. They were coming back from filming The Ultimate Fighter. Mm. You know, when we were coming back, I had this image of me being homeless in Hawaii. And it was a bad place to be homeless because most of the homeless dudes are like, they're Polynesian. So they're <laughs> fucking still <laughs> jacked, man. And I was like, fuck, man, I'm going to be fighting for space here. I thought, is that real thoughts? Is that real fucking thoughts? Big Islander. Yeah. And like, no, no, big dudes still, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, they were still big. Yeah. I was like, how am I going to get fucking trolley space or anything? I'm not. Like, but all this shit was like, it's bad, man. It's real, real bad. Yeah, it is. And a lot of people deal with it. And I think the more, more the people in uh, places of uh, influence speak about that it is an issue that people deal with and, and and an issue one of the things i liked hearing was that other people were going through it because yeah, you feel 100%. so alone yeah you know it's uh it's one of those things that fear that you had when you're getting back on the plane after that horrible turbulence mm. and to live with that all day and for no reason like that's the big one you're like yeah. why you know mine 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 came from the epilepsy and having it when i was running water for my footy team and i had it and it was very embarrassing i didn't want to have another one that was where it came from. It's amazing how the mind works. Mm. And that's what I've sort of learned. But um, but there's massive ignorance around mental health and all that type of shit. And even, <clears throat> even from people, e Eli, you, you got a mate. I'm not going to mention his name, but you'll know the kind of person that you know who it is. I, we, we know a guy, Eli and I, that um, he's a bit older than us. His mate killed himself. He was probably about my age when he killed himself, almost 40 and i was talking to the dude and the dude's like you know i don't know why he killed himself he's so you know that's such a weak thing to do you know he's fucking he probably wanted attention and blah blah and he's just talking like this and i'm like dude fucking you know it must be must have been weak and blah 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 blah. and i'm thinking like it's such a shit attitude yeah that's probably why he never fucking spoke to you dickhead yeah. you know what i mean because you're a dickhead well it's important who you surround yourself with mm. you know like that's a big one i learned that at a pretty young age, I was surrounded by a lot of people who were negative people. And you just got to get people in the right sort of mindset. People who are trying to uh, move forward. And that's hard as a young dude. Like, there aren't that many people. People are just cruising, you know? So you don't help. realize that you're surrounded by bad people because you're, you're caught in the in the circle. Yeah. You're stuck in the loop. You're in the system still sort of thing, you know? That but, negative feedback loop. Yeah, and, and you don't know any better. You're just stuck there with everybody. And... Yeah, yeah, you don't know that, that, that you're in a, in a negative spot until somebody sh takes yeah. you around and says, oh, these things are possible. And then, and then you look from the outside and you're like, wow, yeah. that, is, that is bad. Even if you're trying to do something, like you're trying to move forward, you're trying to progress your career, like people will just try and keep you down. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's such a people weird. hate success. And people, yeah. They do. People hate seeing people do well. Yeah. It's a crazy happen. idea. Do you ever, uh, aside from like, okay, the, you, you, the jokes are good, Things good, whatever. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. <laughs> Do you ever go out there and be like, oh, "Fucking, it's not on today. 
I don't feel you know how you say sometimes like you can't get into the fight yeah it takes you might take you like sometimes you can't get into it at all yeah your mind just can't go to the place it needs to yeah uh sometimes i'll be in the middle of a joke and i'll start thinking about like what i'm just something weird not you know weird weird but like just something completely off topic and you'll just be speaking and you're not really into the moment and i think that's something that just time and consistency and really like switching on when you go on stage mm. or you go in the cage or you do whatever you're doing uh i think that just becomes an easier thing an easier switch to make to make that change in your mind where this is this is where i'm working this is where i need to be on point uh but yeah it happens all the time you know especially when you're doing something a lot you know yeah, so, so do you get to a point where you're sort of like on autopilot it's a complacency thing yeah I guess. and you're complacent yeah. and you're not feeling the joke you're not yeah. feeling it yeah do you still yeah. pull it off yeah i'm a professional you're a champion. <laughs> <laughs> you're the best. But yeah, I'm no, not a weak fuck like you. <laughs> no, bro, it happens. It happens. And, and you just got to like, if you had a bad set or a bad day, you just got to push it aside, leave it and, and, and make sure the next time you do it, it's perfect. Along those lines, like the same sort of thing, like, because I've recently gotten into to Twitch streaming mm. and there are days like, I just, the it is the worst thing in the world. Like I, I just, there, I want nothing more than not to stream and talk to people. Because I, I have more of a recluse sort of recluse nature where it's like when I when I feel down I just want to go to a little corner somewhere and curl up in a ball and yeah. cry, but but because you have to produce like two to three videos a week, three right? videos every single week. Make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that's hard. Yeah, you have to try to engage your audience. Because as we were just speaking, then there's a big difference between just saying your lines and being invested in the lines and, and engaging your audience <clears> and making them feel like they're a part of it. How do you get to that place every week, twice a week, if not more, because you're working your 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 stand-up shows as well, and um, especially in moments like let's say generally, but in moments when you're like, today was a hard day to get through. I need to go to bed and just try again tomorrow. Mm. Well, the thing with a lot of YouTubers, and I'm a comedian and a YouTuber, right? People, even in, I was going over at NZ and this this one venue wouldn't book me because they said oh we don't take uh youtube comedians so what the fuck are you talking oh, about you're fucking new zealand yeah <laughs> <laughs> get over it <laughs> lucky anyone wants to come here wake up yourself jesus uh, <laughs> and, oh, wow. and you know i split them so they're both my jobs but they're very different jobs uh a lot of youtubers when they get into the game they get success they get it early and they fade away into nothing i treat it as like anyone else would with their job, right? So I sit down, Monday morning, I plan out my videos for the week. I train uh, in the morning, uh, I get home, plan my videos for the week, I start writing, train on Tuesday morning, write the videos in the afternoon, train on Wednesday morning, make sure the videos are filmed, train Thursday morning, make sure they're edited, and Friday uh, is usually a cruisier day. But it just, it just happens. You get in that routine, yeah. it has to happen. There's no, oh, you know, maybe I'll only do two this week because that's just, that's a mindset that I've had for a long time with a lot of things I like to give up. Uh, but with this stuff, it's like, no, because I know that as soon as I stop producing content, then I will go the way of all these other people where it's, I've, I've left everyone's, you know, the front of their mind, what they expect. They expect this to happen. It's like with the TV because people are like, they're, they're so used to TV where the TV show they like comes on at this time every single day or every single week and they watch it that's why they're a fan so as soon as i disappear from that 
it's maybe it's just a fear from of mine no no but it's 100 percent true yeah you know it's you got me into that mindset a lot with um in regards to like the, the podcasting and, and a lot of other things it's like like I, I i just just started with one day just wednesdays i'm going to do a stream and it doesn't matter what quality it is yeah it just has to go out there yeah and you just have to do it and uh just that mindset of routine and staying in the routine and not breaking away from routine really really does make it a lot easier and a lot better yeah. I mean, it's the same with training like if you're if you say to someone who's never <coughs> trained before in any discipline ever okay i want you to turn up six days a week very difficult to do but if you do three days three days a week for six months and then you increase it to four and then all of a sudden that's just yeah. what you do you know and it doesn't matter like you just got to get to training and just start mm. like that's when we started with the with, with the podcast i mean we're still just growing you know what i mean we still think but if we stopped and went oh fuck you know what we'll only do it when everything's perfect yeah it never happened it'll never ever happen man and you you, you gotta create the habit and keep going and just keep doing it Mm. and eventually you'll get to that spot you don't start playing in the nba you start playing at home you know what i mean yeah sometimes you never make the nba and you end up doing a fucking podcast with ten thousand subscribers but (laughs) that's (laughs) That's good but there's ten thousand subscribers they grow yeah. look at rogan he was started with like he had a bit of you know he had a bit of momentum behind him from fear factor and comedy but mate he had bernie sanders on the other day yeah you know absolutely. mel gibson he, he this is massive huge you know podcasting is a great way to reach people and you guys offer a great setup with video audio you've got lighting set up and people get behind this as soon as people find out because you've got to remember you sure you have ten thousand subscribers but there's millions of people who still haven't heard of you who would probably like to be a part of it it's just happens over time just shut us out as much as you can mate right? <laughs> i will <laughs> fuck yeah so just just do that for us let's do it why do not you, so you have brothers and sisters i've got four younger brothers oh what are they are they going to be youtubers comedians no uh i've got my brother uh my brother my second well the second eldest in my family rory he's uh 22 He's, he's autistic, so he can't speak. Uh, he can't uh, look after himself. Beautiful human being, uh, but he's uh, he's you know still lives at home and whatnot. My other brother Jonas, he's uh, he's just started training at my gym, uh, Warrior World Gym in Newcastle. If you're in Newcastle, come train there. Um, shout out to Paulie, got your brother. Uh, <laughs> he just started training there. He's a young footballer. He's he'll he'll make first grade. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a great he's a great young player. Uh, the brother Darcy, mate, he's uh, 16 or something. He's tall, almost taller than me. Almost. Uh, and my other brother, Finton, he's... Uh, Does he yeah. play basketball? No, nah, he plays soccer, plays in the goals. So he there just... Go. But he's a, he's a funny dude. He'll be, he could be a comedian if he wanted to, you know. Okay. Uh, so I've got a big family there. Me ma and me, me, me dad and all that type of stuff. So I live uh, probably about 10 minutes from their house. So that's good. I still get to catch up with them, you know. Is that who you run your content through? Like your, your pieces? Um, or do you have like a like a certain group you call up not really anyone like for, for, for youtube or for for stand-up let's say stand-up stand-up i just I, I i run it through my missus she she has been with me since the very almost the very beginning she encouraged me to do youtube she said just do it mate we shouldn't say mate that'd be <laughs> just, just do mate. it bro yeah, just do it mate <laughs> that's how she's spoke. get on with it mate just just do but yeah, she she encouraged me to do it and uh, has stuck by me through the entire thing. And uh, my old man has been very positive about the whole thing. Like he wanted me to go to uni and stuff. He said, "Listen, if you're going to do stand up, you do it the best way you can." 
and you work at it and you become the best stand-up in the country. And that's what I'm working towards. And Where then, do you think it comes from for you? Is your dad a funny bloke? <clears throat> no, terrible. He, um, Your mum? <laughs> oh, no. They're not very funny people. They'd like to think they are, but they're not. Um, my grandparents are very funny. My pop's just an old school, real dry humor sort of dude, smart ass. My grand, grand's one of those people who's like, you know, she's an old lady, but she still drops F-bombs and look at these pussies and all this type of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, one of those type of ladies and she's a real funny person. So probably from that. But, uh, but also when I was growing up, I got really fat as a kid and to have friends or to have girls talk to you, you have to be funny, you know? And that's sort of like, sure, it sucked being a fat kid, but without that, I wouldn't have developed. Yeah, but it makes you develop your other levels of your personality and Absolutely. whatnot. You yeah. can't run around being a hot bloke your whole life. You get no, nothing. No. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Rob disagrees. <laughs> Someone's saying. Did someone say that to you? Did someone tell you? <laughs> hey, hey. Don't be like that. Hey, don't oh. be like that, mate. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, so now, so now for you, 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 how long till you go to the US? You say? Uh, I think it's like January next year. So sometime, yeah. But it's uh, looking forward to that. Doing it in LA and New York and probably Texas somewhere in there. It's more just, you know, it's not about making money. It's more just going on a, a holiday and paying for it through ticket sales, you know, and just mm -hmm. going to see the world and meet some people and. One hundred percent. Not everybody can do stuff. it. Got to do it, you know. Who dares wins? Absolutely, Mike Whitney. What's doing? <laughs> so you you fan of fight to fight sports and that? Yeah. So I, I got do you know who he is? I've heard this bloke. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've, on, I, I got into MMA uh, probably uh, probably about three or four years ago, and uh, through a lot of people. But like, it got to the point where it was sort of like where McGregor was really coming through. Uh, I think when he fought, who was it? His, his first fight. He came Silver? Sylvia? Before that, prior to that. And it was, uh, and he was a big deal. You know, Ronda was on top of the game. Uh, and I just sort of, sort of not stumbled across it, but I didn't really understand it. Like I'd never been a real boxing fan, but I didn't really understand the sport. I just enjoyed the violence. Did your dad fight? He's fought a few, he's had a few boxing fights yeah. and he's from Penrith. So he fought a lot, I guess. Uh, but he uh he's he's just got into it too i've just started taking him to the pubs to go and watch the uh pay-per-views and stuff and he watched uh he saw the ben Askren knockout and uh he saw old mate uh masvidal punch him a couple of times in the head he couldn't believe it he was like what what is this sport it's too violent <laughs> when uh when uh Askren got knocked out the pub lost um the feed so like the round started we lost the feed for six seconds. Come back. That and fight was well out. and truly over. Asprin's out. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the fuck just <laughs> happened? Yeah. But uh, no, I, I got into it um, and, and really sort of started just, just watching every pay-per-view, watching every fight night, all that type of stuff, and, and listening to fighters. Like I never used to enjoy the podcast with Joe Rogan would have with fighters, but then I started to actually listen to them. And, and uh, I started training jiu-jitsu probably about a year or so ago and then uh, started training uh, MMA uh just all different variants of the sport about probably about 10 months ago uh with my coach paul and, and it's had such a great impact on my life and and it was also helped with the, to, to watch the sport as well notice the different uh, the intricacies and different movements and the and i sort of noticed i was watching uh i was watching going back and watching your catalog of fights and you threw this triple jab at uh, i think it was uh Romero. i can't really remember off the top of my head 
but I knew I had become a fan of the art of the sport where I was more excited with the triple jab that you threw that was so quick. Like, I was just like, because we were working on it that day, throwing jabs, and I was just like, like, there's no way people can throw triple jabs. It doesn't work. And then you threw it. I was like, holy fucking shit balls. Like, this is like, this is an amazing sport. And now with jiu-jitsu and stuff, I'm working towards training uh, to, uh, you know, fighting in a, in a comp, a uh, jiu-jitsu comp. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of months and all that type of stuff. So uh, getting real balls deep into it in the moment. So it's, it's something I'm glad I found. I lost all interest in rugby league uh, because of it. And I just enjoyed this sport because you never know what's going to happen. And you know these people are putting their, their lives on the line every time they step inside. Them. But I don't think there's a better sport out there. Did you did you move to Newcastle as a baby? No, I, I grew up there. So my old boy was from Penrith and he moved there uh 1988 and i was born in 93. okay so you were born there went to school there everything everything yeah okay what's that like for you there i love it it's beautiful there Man, eh? uh, honestly i've been all over the country almost to every capital city in the country and it's my favorite place by far i love melbourne i like the gold coast um more broad beach than the gold coast but it's a nice place and just mate newy right near the beach there's always something to do people are good people everyone's pretty relaxed you know i just really like it there it's a good place good place to bring up a family in it and now that it's more there's more things to do there there's like you know there's fire gyms there there's uh you know all different you know theaters and all that type of stuff it's really picking up the entertainment side of things and it's just a good place to be it's a good medium between here and sydney between there and sydney rather what happened with you and new zealand the whole country of new zealand that you offended okay uh I, well, because I, I i didn't see the video yeah that you put up I never saw it, but I, I saw that they were horrendously angry at you. So I, I made some jokes about sheep shagging. The jokes that have been made there in, you know, since the dawn of time. Yeah, you didn't make them up. No. And I, I also, I, they called me racist. Based like, on that? Based or? on that. Yeah. Well, based on the fact that I said that New Zealanders have hairy feet, which is a reference to hobbits, mm. not towards any race in New Zealand. Yeah. So the... Even when you said that, I didn't know. Like, I was, thinking, no. I was trying to think about what stereotype. Well, what are you talking about? Like, but the thing is, like, the, this is what the newspaper. And I would have made fun of you, but you're too big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big white belt. I got, uh, the, I got the Hobbit reference straight away. Yeah. It's a, it's a reference it's to a clever. movie. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and and the, the papers were like, oh, you know, and the, and the project from NZ, they got on board and they were like, oh, we don't like, you know, this and that. And they sort of. Uh, there's a video I've got on it on, on my YouTube page, but they sort of said, oh, you know, we don't really like what you're saying and all this type of stuff. And then they cut up the interview to make me look like a bit of a dick. And uh, thankfully, you know, their 100,000 viewers they get a night, I get more views than those guys. And on that video, it had like 2 million views and I got to tell my side of the story, which is always really handy where you can outplay the media. But the same thing in Melbourne recently with a, a joke I did that people said was about the Holocaust, but it was actually about vegan people. Uh, not being welcome somewhere and made people played it out like I was this horrible anti-Jew, anti-Semite sort of thing. I mean, I've never even met a Jewish person. I live in Newcastle. There's no Jews there, you know, and this whole thing, it went through and it was on the, it was in the Washington Post, a small story about it. There was a story in uh, the Melbourne papers, Sydney papers, Brisbane papers, the Jerusalem Times wrote a story about it. I was hated. All these people sending me death threats. I get at least a death threat a week. Really? Like, oh, mate, people are just fucking weirdos. Yeah. I'm going to find you. I'm going to kill you, all this type of stuff. But for what? What? what like, oh, honestly, what, what have you done that, to make that? I, I just being outspoken. 
just to make a lot of my content's about things that people aren't allowed to talk about. And when people have a real hard line sort of idea with something, then they freak out and they go, no, you can't talk about it. But that it. makes people do death threats. Death threats, man. Because it's, people would never say it to me in the street, but then because that's behind a computer, you know, you get that all the time. People talking shit. Even the post you put up the other day about having me on. People are like, oh, he's a shit comedian, all that type of stuff. You just can't read comments because people are assholes. You know? Yeah, that, that's a big thing. You can't you can't pay attention to the comments. Like they, they are terrible. No. You would know better than yeah. anybody. Like, oh man, oh, it's ridiculous. You fall down that that sinkhole. My um, <clears throat> well, I, I don't go through the comments a lot. I don't, I don't take a thing. But my sister came in. They said, "Yeah, you have Isaac on the thing." I was like, "Yeah." What'd you say? Did you say my sister? Sorry, um, fuck. What a piece of shit. I, mean. <laughs> I thought I turned it off. And I said, "Oh, you watch yourself?" He said, "Yeah, like she really likes watching your videos." Awesome. I was like. Well, let's see where this goes. Like, oh, your sister said she yeah. likes watching yeah. Isaac, and so. it's like you, you can't. I don't know. You just it is what it is. Like, there's there's got to be people for you, and there's got to be people against you, and that's just. I don't think anyone should be sending death threats over anything. Where, with, where did it get left with with um, the? The, the people with from New Zealand, like but they don't, the people, because that's what I heard. Like, that's the the part that I heard was like how like the whole thing with new zealand was real bad and then i tried to find the video but it got taken down no it got taken down on facebook ah okay and i posted about it because facebook said it was racist people just complained and they reported it or whatever and it wasn't even slightly racist like but, but this is the thing with 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 society today people throw out these terms like they are just like they're, they're very much able to throw out any term they want if someone says something slightly against women, then you're a misogynist. If you say something slightly against someone and they happen to be a different color to you, then you're a racist. If, you, if, if they're gay and you put shit on them, well, you're a homophobe. You know, people just throw these terms out and they lose a lot of their value as well. And that's what just people use to discredit me. It doesn't work because people know these people are full of shit, but that's what they try and do. And that's like, so when you Google my name, you know, occasionally something will come up saying that I'm a horrible person because of A, B, and C. But you know, you get to know me. And that's the point of like, with my audience, they know what I'm really like. They know I, I just put shit on everyone, including myself. And I think that's where the important part of whether it's racist, sexist, whatever, if you make fun of just one group, then that's shit. But if you make fun of everyone, then that's, that makes it okay. But there's some shitty stuff on Facebook. Yeah. I just think for, for your stuff to get banned, like... There's heaps of shitty stuff on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's like... I see some horrendous... I, I cannot stand... When I see on Facebook, you know how people record fights? Mm. I cannot. Oh, the street fights. The street fights. Or, or or three can. kids jumping one kid or something. Yeah, shit. or just some dude getting chinned and getting dropped on the concrete. Like, I just, Smashing his head, yeah. I cannot <clears throat> stand seeing that stuff. Like, and it shouldn't be allowed to be put up. Mm. And if you're the people that put it up, please don't. Dude, imagine <laughs> it's your it's, kid, eh? Because it's, it's brutal. And yeah. like, like, regardless, like if we looked at... If we look at it for what it is, is two guys had a disagreement, they decided to beef it out, one dude lost. But you don't put his loss all over the internet and yeah. then glorify fighting in the street like that. You don't people run around screaming world star. Yeah, like that's that's just stupid. It's like Mate, there's a lot of crap, uh, a lot of violence, mm. uh, a lot of real weird, disgusting stuff. And I'm not too sure how the Facebook algorithm works. I don't upload to Facebook anymore. Because I'm one ban away from having my channel, my, my Facebook page deleted. So I just use it for marketing purposes. Mm. But man, I've had stuff taken down that's just ridiculous. Like I put up a photo of a Australian feminist, Clementine Ford, who says a lot of shit about men. And I put up a photo of her and a, a video title that I made on, 
on her. And the video title was Kill All Men because that was a tweet she sent out and it was in you know, quotation marks. And I got banned for 30 days. For yeah, but she up. was her words. But eh? she said it. Yeah. And it's just like, you know. It, it's, it's one of those things. You know, honestly, it is. It's X amount of people tag it. Yep. The automated system just goes. It's too much work. Yeah, just too much to like, get out. this is a bot. Yeah. Because it's just done. That is, no, one, no one's actually gone through it going, this looks terrible. Yeah. yeah. Gonna, 30 days for you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, Butterfield, he's done it again. He's, he's back. Guys, he's back again. Look this at this. back. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was telling my wife before I came here, like, you know, because I was saying to her about you coming on here and that, that, that. She doesn't, she barely knows who I am. She does not know who you are. That's okay. Um, but I were talking about that. I was just thinking about like the bands and everything that we were talking about. And then there was this lady that pulled up next to me. Well, we were when we ate. Yeah. Just before we went in to eat. I don't know. We started talking about something else because I was going to tell you about it. This lady comes in. This has got nothing to do with anything, but it fucking pissed me off and she should be banned from the shops. <laughs> like set, like the she, she parked her car and she'd obviously got this little car that was done up. Yeah. And she parked it in two spots, but it was no, it was no fucking Lamborghini or nothing. Not that it would matter even if it was. And she took up two spots and she got out. She was a mess and she got, she took up two spots and I'm just looking at her like in in like, you know, the shopping center. And I was just looking at it and I was just thinking like, there were so many things wrong with that picture, man. And I was just thinking like, the fuck is wrong with you? Why, why, if I could ban her from the shop, I would. If I had that power, that algorithm. These people exist. Yes. There's there idiots in the comments. There is, fuck that's who they are. You. That's what they I'm saying. They exist. Yeah. They're real people. No car, no car is worth two fucking spots. Dude, if you saw the car, too, it wasn't that good. I don't, I don't give a fuck who you are. No car is worth two spots. She parked two spots like that. Unless your car is literally like those F-150s or something like that. It has hummers. to take. Yeah, it has yeah. to take up to. Nah, nah, nah. This wasn't takes... a big car. I don't want to say the name of the car because I don't want her to track me down. She looked a fair bit. <laughs> she looked a fair bit rougher than me. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would say that not all the money for that car is legal. I'd say you know, it's yeah. rather nefarious sort of person. But still, she parked the car. And I, that, that's my point. What you just said before, like I was looking at, it and I was thinking, like, you're the ones. You're the ones that fucking. That, that she was on her phone, you know. She's probably fucking hmm. bagging someone, yeah. you know. Like, and reporting my videos. Yeah, yeah, you're the ones that hit that fucking dislike button. Yeah, oh, man. Shit, dislike button on YouTube is hilarious. Man, yeah. I, I I put up a video and three seconds later it's got four dislikes. I have to have them. <laughs> I just have to throw it in there. <laughs> so you pricks. I've always thought about doing that, like saying, like I'll donate ten thousand dollars to charity if no one dislikes this video, because there'll be some prick. Or even if it goes for like 10 hours, I'll press it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's always some prick out there, man. Someone trying to bring you down or, or whatever. And you just got to rise above and not give a shit about those. I was people. just really interested. That you said you could donate $10,000. Like, I was going to say, I haven't, really, really. I, haven't, I haven't got that money. Like, gee whiz. <laughs> <laughs> Shout us out, please. <laughs> so oh, tax deductions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Caught my breath. <laughs> yeah, um, but then there, there, then there are other good people in the in the, in the issue. Like you find, like oh, heaps of them. The, pe the people are terrible. Like don't get me wrong, but but then you get the get the the guys that log on and like take the time to write. This was a great bit of content. I love everything you're doing. No, there, those Thanks people, and you feel so good by mm. doing that. You're like, I wish I could find you and hug you. Like, do you do many like not meet and greets but you meet many fans outside of just your normal day life do you have like after uh like an after party after fights that type of thing where people come and say good day or um not really like i said i mentioned before like i, I don't really party after fights because 
Like, partying is usually associated with winning, and sometimes you're not on the winning end. Hmm. And you know, and then if you start to put that sort of um, pressure on yourself, yeah. it, it, it's funny. You know, it, it should be just treated as a job. You don't go home after work and go celebrate every day. Sure. And if you do, then you probably should. <laughs> you should get that looked at. <laughs> no, but, but no, you know what the thing is. I think if you, if for for Rob's personality, for him, the, the parting would come easy if he won, and everyone wants to be your friend. But you know, he's not that kind of person to begin with if you if you're a guy there's there's, there's guys that do that like even if they lose they're, they're happy to go and party hmm. so if if that's how consistent you're going to be then then cool keep doing hmm. that but the problem is when you're when there's a massive difference the disparity between winning and losing is huge like it's partying and 50 friends whatever da, 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 and losing is you're sitting by yourself having pizza you know and fucking crying you know if the difference is that big you yeah. should have a good medium and try and keep that medium yeah. and that's my problem like like i have a very depressive nature like I, i'm depressive by nature so that if like if things don't go well it kind of happens by accident uh, not by accident uncontrollably i should say um so we don't we don't do too much as well as like i'm a massive introvert as mm -hmm. well so i if i if i don't have to leave the house ever i i don't <laughs> literally but this saturday for example there's a big meet and greet mm. and everything uh we're doing an open workout yeah. at Parramatta westfields yeah and um, in saying that like when yeah exactly as you said like we there i do a lot of fan events and, and and things like that with through my sponsors and through the media and through my management team where i get to meet a lot of these fans like i went to pax last year uh with the Bethesda team and I got to see a lot of guys down there that that sort of area and then like the the nutrition with Musashi I got to go to like the fitness expos and I meet a lot of fans there and just through these avenues I see a lot of fans like I met yourself mm. like and, and, and all the guys up there like three years ago as we were saying yeah and and it's very yeah. like like the Rob and the rest of the team and that it's very accessible like the train at the gym here in Sydney don't travel and train anywhere else to train here in Sydney and at our gym at our it's a little gym, mm. Gracie Smith and Grange. Shout out. Yeah. Gracie Atarman, if you're in the area as well. Yeah. But that's a new gym, yeah? We're about to open a new about gym, Gracie Atarman yeah. as well. If and, and if you're that keen on, if, if you can't just- Stand Strong come, Boxing, sorry. Just come come join. You can, yeah. you can train with me. Like, we can mm. roll together, like it's all good. Yeah. I mean, no secrets. the thing is like with, with becoming someone who has a fan base, and this is something that I've learned really slowly is, and you know, it's weird to even talk about yourself in that fashion, but I'll be an asshole into it. You have these people who can't wait to meet you. And it's hard for you to remember that in any respect. You know, like well, I remember when I first, I, like you were up in Charlestown and you were doing, I don't know, you're just having a couple of words and just hanging out with people, right? Uh, and we were pumped, man. We were, we were talking about it for weeks before. Like, I can't believe we're gonna get to meet Rob and it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna watch the fights with him. And that's something that I always have in the back of my mind when I'm meeting people. It's like these people have looked forward to this for, mm. you know, a couple of days or whatever, you know. And when I get people and they're shaking when they're taking a photo or whatever, I always put shit on them. It's like, oh, stop shaking, stop shaking, you're freaking me out, stop shaking, uh, just to freak them out a little bit. But, um, you know, it, it makes people so happy. And these people, they, they then become uh, more you know, they're more, they're more into your career and they want to follow you and they want to support you with whatever you do. And, you know, when I was first starting out, I had like a Patreon and people were using their money to support me a couple of dollars a month, whatever it was. And those, those, those are people I don't forget because without that, I wouldn't be in the position I was to, uh, in today. 
And it's amazing that people want to really, and it was, as we said, there's the shit people on the internet, but there's so many more good people that get behind the things they love and they try and bring them to the top. No, there are. It's overwhelmingly better people. Mm. Like on, sometimes when I, I don't often read the comments, but sometimes when I do read the comments or in, for Rob's fights or whatever, every now and then you get a fuck wit, you know what I mean? But generally people are overwhelmingly supportive, yeah, I think. I, I think so. Even for the podcast and that, people are, are pretty supportive. Um, every now and then you get a dickhead, you know, it's like, Romero won the second fight. And I think, dude, Romero's over it, mate. Let it yeah. go. R- like, R- no, Romero's good. He's he's fighting someone else. Do you know what I mean? Just let it go. Oh, it's man. fucking done. It was finished. Let it go. We're all good. People are ridiculous. You know? I've got this bloke at the moment. His name's Vegan Gaines. And he's a big, uh, big, uh, he's sort of like a bodybuilder sort of dude over in Canada. And I've had this run in with him for a while. And he's this type of dude, like he threatens people online. He, He's got this whole thing about he had like a knife up to his throat. I'm going to kill this person and all this type of shit. So I naturally called him out because I know he's going to bite. And now he's challenged me to a, an MMA fight in New York. And, uh, you know, he's the only person I've really thought about actually trying to fight in my entire life. Because, you know, I've been knocked out for free playing footy. So if I can try and make some cash from it. Would you do it? Would you do a celebrity fight? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Pull him already? Jesus Christ. Well, Let's I, pump it up. As long as I get through the first round. <laughs> Come down to Sydney, we'll get you ready. <laughs> I just take it straight to the ground. That's all I'll do. Just avoid. Is he a big guy? Is he a... He's uh so he he made a video about me saying, Oh mate, this butterfield, you know, what is he? Five, six, maybe hundred and seventy pounds. You? Yeah. I'm right. like, yeah, sort of. He's uh, in the roof. He's in the roof. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kept at the end of his jab across the street. Yeah. He is. I'll just tape him all day. And, and him, how big is he? The tape king. The tape king. The from the next suburb. How big is he? He's uh, he's about oh, maybe 6'2", uh, maybe you know, close to 180, 200 pounds. So he's not a big guy. Not big, big, but he's, no, he's not small, you know, but, but he's just. Yeah, but you're significantly bigger. Yeah, significantly bigger. But mate, I can't fight for shit, but it's just Yeah, fun. but you're training with, yeah. with Paul and you're, you're training. They know what they're doing, yeah. you know, and he's, he's just a hilarious dude, a very negative human being and, and people laugh. Imagine the levers, imagine the big leg kicks. I, I don't want to get teeth kicked by a dude who's 6'8", 120 kilos. <laughs> and you know, how, you know how big the difference is between 180, like 180, that's. That's, that's like, eight, that's, yeah, that's that's 80 something kilos, 84 kilos ish. No, yeah. 80 kilos ish up against a 120 kilo mm. bloke. That's like 40 kilos difference. That's that's the thing. Like, it's a 40 kilo difference in the teeps. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even with <laughs> even with jiu-jitsu, you just lay on someone. Like, like and, they have to be able to bench press you off. And you've got to, you've got to get at least one low blow in because the first one would just be a warning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's absolutely. Like, just run in and fucking front snap kick is nice. Oh, mate, Paulie, Paulie <laughs> won't even hold the pads for me when we're doing teep kicks. He's too scared. I'm scared. I don't know where it's going to go. It's too long. I don't have feeling in the end of it. It just goes out. If it hits, great. If just, not, uh. you just throw it and just hope it hits something. It's only on the bag. It's like so, fishing. So I want to ask then, because you watch MMA, so um, we've got the UFC coming up this weekend. What um, Can I get people's predictions? Yeah, sure. So What's the card like? Um, where do you want to start? The top? Let's start. DC Mjordic? No, let's start with... Uh, uh, Derek Brunson and Ian, I can't say his name, Heinrich. Um, you know, I would have to lean towards Ian because uh, Brunson has just looked terrible lately. Like, he has gone downhill since I fought him. 
honestly he's just gone downhill and um it honestly it seems like every fight he gets a little worse why do you think that is mm. i think he's a particular fighter that is really that really needs that momentum that steam like psychologically needs it that hype he needs everyone being like you're the man you're the best and he feeds off that and he gets stronger from that like you, sh you see his run through the division it was kind of like that you can see it and then it got derailed and then it's kind of gone downhill now because he can't seem to build up steam and momentum again he um i, I have to pick ian over him if 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 brunson can't put him away early if brunson if brunson can land the big left hand early in the fight then i think he'll win it like I, like that i also see him as a uh a very confidence-based fighter um and i think he's very dangerous and hits very hard but i was impressed with that with that um the other guy the the heinish sorry ian i'm gonna say your name wrong but i was impressed with him in his last fight when he beat uh carlos jr he's just had just a good overall grappler your, your thoughts i don't know who the other bloke is so brunson brunson excellent <laughs> good call <laughs> yeah. sorry but eli eli paulie i'm going with ian you're going with ian yeah am i on yes sir you can hear that yeah yeah um no, I, I agree with you guys i think brunson um confidence is low he's hasn't had some very good results lately in that i just i don't know if he can come back and he's I, order, uh, sort of at the other end of ian and sort of making his way up yeah, i think brunson I, I feel like after brunson's last fight even though he got the win just would have smashed his confidence again because he couldn't get him out of there yeah yeah like, I, don't, you know, I just think i just think he's so he's so like bent on getting those knockouts riding that hype feeling great that he just if he doesn't have it he can't do it uh gabriel benitez versus sadiq yusuf like i i, I really like seeing sadiq fight he just throws such heavy hands such heavy hands he just throws heavy leather like um it's got a lot of a lot of power at featherweight huge power and you know what i love i love seeing uh, what I'm saying is that he doesn't he just throws heavy like I, I I'll throw a heavy punch but I'll, it'll be calculated heavy so that so that I don't hurt my own hand or it comes off Sadiq doesn't care he just throws leather heavy shots the whole time every shot is heavy and powerful I don't think a lot of guys at featherweight as well carry that kind of power and that's when you saw you saw a guy like Conor McGregor that's got that lot of power mm. at at um in the lighter divisions they go very very far those guys yeah um uh, benitez is good as well but I, I just from what i know of him i think sadiq yusuf is going to win this one thoughts well sadiq's nine and one at the moment so uh and i know that because i've just googled it uh, <laughs> he looks good apparently he throws hard punches like i don't know the lower card i don't i'm fucking, I'm fucking, I'm fucking hopeless it's all right terrible with names Paulie, sadiq yeah, I agree. Well done. He throws so heavy. It, it is so fun watching him. The whole time he just throws bombs. Okay, yeah, right. Now moving on to, I guess this is going to be an interesting one. Mm. Romero versus Costa. What, what do you think, Rob? Ah, uh, mate, I I cannot wait to see this fight. It it all depends on what what which Romero shows up. Mm. Um, if the Romero I fought last time shows up i don't think it'll be close the the thing i do think which i think is a massive fallacy i don't know for whatever reason um the amount of damage sustained by romero in that fight with rob look because straight after the fight he went into surgery with a broken orbital um i don't know i don't know how how 
how he'll look, you know what I mean, coming back into that fight. Well, Romero hasn't fought since another. No, 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 he hasn't. So, so yeah, so what do you think about the two fighters and how they match up? Well, Costa is a much younger fighter, obviously a specimen, you yeah, look at him. Um, like I said, I honestly think this fight will hedge on how Romero comes back <clears throat> from that from the last fight. Like, if he comes in strong, looking good like he always does, and like the Romero of last fight, I think he'll 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 get it. I think he, I think he's just as I think he's more athletic than Costa and much more skilled. What do you mean by much more skilled? He's just, his skill set is much higher. Like In what he's, sense? It's just um, he's 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 got Olympic level wrestling. His grappling is top notch. Like he he's taken people down like Jacare and survived and Weidman. Like he, he can he can go to the ground with the best of them. And although his striking is is a little funny. He's got power to knock you out, and he's got the athleticism to close that gap and the like, a sort of unorthodoxness in a way that he can fly near you. Like he's got great instincts, great instincts mixed with athleticism, mixed with power, is you know a recipe for for danger. Do you see um? Do you, do you see Costa being able to pressure him early, and and pressure him and hurt him early from the, like get going from the start? Yeah, you know, I, I, I can I can see it if Costa just goes in and goes ballistic and and we'll see how Romero does that. But I, I Man, you run into a lot of problems like Yeah, that. that's what I mean. Like I don't think Costa runs in, tries to bull him. Romero will just take him down. He'll just take him down. Easily. Like he, he, How how was it like when, when you fought Romero when because like what's it like being in there with him and his athletic ability? Particularly in the first fight. I yeah, think. you just gotta you're just on edge the whole time because you don't know what he's going to do because he, he moves at it he's got he's good got good distance control he moves really like really light he's very light in his movement and his shots are so crisp so so crisp you don't see him eh? no, you can't you can't see him shoot for doubles his timing is impeccable and like his the, his form is, is crazy like you're one moment you're going in to punch him and the next he's not there anymore you look down and he's at your ankles like it's weird the other the other thing with um with Costa most of his fights are finishes and they're early mm. and I think Romero has had more experience in the longer fights like most of his finishes are in the third round he's fought you a yeah. couple of times in the fifth round he's fought big guys which he lost that light heavyweight against Cavalcante but he's fought those big guys as well he's Costa is a big guy he's very good um what what's the difference between going from if even if you have the fitness but what's a five round fight like in in terms of learning how to fight five round fights learning how to pace yourself in a five round fight yeah how, how important is that experience they're a different beast because um you can't you can't spend yourself for three rounds and then lose the last two you'll get finished like you saw that with gaston and in his last fight he he had nothing left in that fifth and he copped it mm. you know um managing your energy levels and your expenditure like in those championship fights or five round fights is paramount do you think that him fighting in those two fights against you although they were separated by what a year or a year and a bit do you think that would bring some momentum in having those two extra rounds or those four extra rounds that he normally wouldn't have having that momentum having that confidence to know that he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best in the world and then he comes down against the guy ranked lower um, his, his experience in the game will, will show, 
in this fight. If, like, assuming Costa doesn't just go in there and go mental and catch mm. him. Um, yeah, if, if it, I think it, it, yeah, it'll definitely show those having those. Romero, I think, is suited for three rounds. I think you put him up against anyone in three rounds, it's a very dangerous fight. Well, it's that body type, isn't it? It's all that explosive sort of yeah. nature. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's like, exactly that. It's, he's so explosive and he's, he's so athletic. And, um, and he's competed his whole life in a points-based sport in wrestling mm. where he knows how to win matches. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He knows, especially like rounds and that, like in wrestling, you have rounds as well yeah. and it's points. He knows what he has to do. He's, he's, he's got very good gamesmanship. He knows like how to extract rest from this point. Some people, I'm not, I'm not taking the piss. Some people think it's, it's cheating. And I think, well, it's up to the ref to enforce that. He's playing but the game. He's playing the game and he knows how to play it. He's had a lifestyle of that, you know, of that background. You know what I mean? So I think that comes into play a lot in mm. that he knows, for example, if he can get for if he can get one takedown around in the three round fight, he's gonna win the fight. You know, and then whilst you're going, fuck, I've got to stop this takedown, he needs you in the head. Mm. You know, so that's and he's got a chin, eh? He's got a fucking yeah, chin on him. Watching your fight against or your fights against him, those first couple of rounds are terrifying. Mm. Like just to just to see him just stalking, and even though you're scoring on him and, and you're, and you're yeah, hitting with him, it's just he's like got massive chin. You just watch him come. He's very resilient this, to damage. This guy's terrifying. <laughs> no, he is. He's, he's, he's that fight. I was in the corner, man, and that was like a, something out of a horror film because <laughs> I, I could see his face was broken. Like mm. I, I thought surely they're going to stop this fight really okay yeah like that's that's the that's a feeling i got in in the in the in the thing but he's super tough dude like he's so fucking tough um that's the thing like people don't don't understand that and even to say rob didn't damage romero is stupid it's ignorant mm. and obviously you're very biased but mm. apart from that it's like it's you're not giving credit to romero because Dude, if, if I broke my eye socket, I wouldn't go to work the next mm. day. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. This guy broke his eye socket probably in the first round and just kept fighting. Do you know what I mean? Rob broke his hand, but Romero broke his eye socket. Mm. I don't know which... Like, So you've got to give that credit to Romero too, you know? Like, who the fuck keeps fighting with a broken eye socket, you know? Did and, you listen to his podcast where he had Joey Diaz translating for him on Joe Rogan? Uh, it's a little bit of it. To, he listened about his life and how he grew up, grew up like... There's no way that guy's not extremely tough. No, nah, he's super, super like, tough. Yeah, just, Cuban I, I, yeah. I've been, uh, I've been to Cuba. Yep. I, I speak Spanish as my first language. It's easier for me to listen to Romero and to listen to Joe Diaz because the, the yeah, translation's right. yeah. a little bit off, you know. Um, not not nothing as him. It's just like I can speak Spanish. Mm. But no, I've been to Cuba and the the when you train in the Havana team, like in the in Havana in the capital like they got the very 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 best like of each division three four deep um guys from each like so the, then you got three four deep from the next weight division up three four week from the next division down then you have the greco roman guys plus the judo guys and they all train together sometimes mm. you know and so the you you can't like the guys just to make it there you're you're already jumped in the deep end of the shot uh, of the gene pool you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like you're already a very very special human just physically let alone mm. everything else because the other stuff is like everyone's had their things you know that that could be hard or not or whatever i, I don't know you know some people speak on it some people don't but just from a fighting perspective if you made it to 
the, the institute, you're, you're fucking serious, serious cat. You know mm. what I mean? Like a serious person. And I've seen them train. I've seen their facilities. Um, like I've, I've, you know, got good relationships with some of the coaches still over there. Um, and no, nah, man, it's not a joke. These people no, are not, they're you're not. You're saying that the better you perform, the more food you get, the better yeah. the sleeping quarters you get. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I don't know enough about that. Do you know what I mean? Like to, if he says it, it has to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. to think that that's how you fight to get to where you. Yeah. But I don't think it would matter in as far as like, how could I say? Someone like with his physical attributes is going to, is a, uh, he would have been good whether he was raised in Sweden. Do you know what I mean? Like at, at whatever sport he wanted to do. That, that's yeah. what I mean. So it's a, it's a very when, and I'm, I'm not discounting what he grew up in. No, you know. But I'm saying when people say that, I think like uh, he would have been on the top end of that because of his physical attributes, not because he didn't train hard and everything or whatever. But it's he he's a very special human regardless mm. just physically you know what i mean so he would have been yeah i i can't i i, I really don't like when because when you when they're fighting like say for example i know stuff about rob that he might not want to share that i know that other people probably didn't go through so when they tell me that like i'm like yeah but i'm sure adesanya has gone through a bunch of shit sure. i'm sure you have you know what i mean everyone's got this battle i was talking yeah. all in the way way up here it's like everyone's drowning just at different rates a hundred percent so so that that the all i can talk about is his physical attributes and how how serious that place is to train at you know what i mean um the rest i, I can't i can't say because there's there's people there's people in first world countries that if they don't perform they like kids have played fucking basketball if they sure. hadn't have performed they wouldn't have ate you know sure. what i mean so that takes nothing away from from romero's experience but i think um there's a lot of other people who have had shit that you know it could be fucking parents died of cancer or some shit yeah, yeah. I, you know what i mean and like i would have i'd rather be in the Havana institute than have Absolutely. that happen you know yeah, yeah. so i i can't speak on that but I can tell you, man, it's a, it's a serious place, man. It's a very, Absolutely. very, very serious place. I, I went there because I, I used to be, I used to see them when we would be with the, with the national teams and the Cubans would be there. And it was hard, man. It was a hard situation because they would sell their tracksuits and get, and get money. So I bought tracksuits off them. I used to buy the cigars off them yep. and come back, sell them here. And um, then I went to, I went there and I had a good relationship with their coaches. I, I, saw, I spent about two, three weeks at the, at the Institute there and just watching them train and watching them do everything and yeah it's 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 serious place you know Absolutely. very serious place um so who who you got romero just based on the on, the, on, on his physical performance over the last couple of fights and to go against those five rounders against you and now to come up against someone who is you know he's hungry he's got to be hungry romero he wants he wants back at the top i think he's going to be a scary person to come up against eloy USADA is going to be all over this, aren't they? Over this fight, they before, after, during the fight. In but I don't know. Yeah, they could. Be. I thought the fight was happening in Mexico. So, um, I think if Costa goes out there, all guns are blazing. I think he's got to fight his fight. If Romero gets him stuck in that pace, you know, what I mean, and runs his fight how he likes to do, he likes to slow it down, and then he'll speed up and throw something, or you know, what I mean a 
a crazy punch out of somewhere or a flying knee or something like that that's when he's dangerous when you sort of go down to his level he puts you in that comfort zone of thinking all right this is nice and slow on that and then he explodes into something i think uh yeah costa's play, game game plan's got to be it's got to get in there and try to try to really put some pressure on him but then like you said there's the, the issue of the takedown then but but even if you go in on Romero, take the takedown out of it it's not like you can just go in on him like he hasn't got power in his hands yeah and he's got dynamite in his hands as well so if you go in there a little bit too too overzealous you could eat a hot one too could do could do but yeah i think if costa gets stuck into his game plan into romero's game plan then he's fucked are you going with costa or with romero um oh man my my like uh i i, I respect them both as fighters but i both like i don't know the whole tainted supplements thing for both of them man i they just go in there and, and damage each other <laughs> and i i can enjoy it you know what i mean i can just sit back and enjoy it so I think as long as it's an entertaining fight, I'm going to enjoy it. Man, three round war to a draw. That will do. I'll be <laughs> happy with that. They just stand there and bang. Um, yeah, that would, that would do me. What about you, Paulie? Uh, Romero, I don't think Costa gives a... I don't think he's got it. He's, Romero's seen it, too many different looks. Unless he purely try, tries to do it out of aggression, aggression and catches him, I just think Romero's got him. Okay, uh, who's next on that card? Nate Diaz. Oh, Nate Diaz and Pettis. Pettis. What are you guys? I don't lean towards Nate. I think Nate can just outwork him, and then you've seen you've seen Pettis get um, pressured and outworked before. I'm not saying anything about um, Pettis. Like I think Pettis definitely has the ability to to knock him out. Maybe to to, to land that shot. You've seen he has knockout power. And he's, he's he's very good at landing those strikes, especially on the back foot. But he um, had that against uh, Wonder Boy in the last yeah. fight. I mean, and he was, as you said, he was being pressured by mm -hmm. him, and it was a, I mean, it's not a pure luck thing, obviously, yeah. jumping off the back of the fence and, with a Superman punch. And he's but... dropped, he's dropped, he dropped a lot of people. He dropped, um, even when he lost against uh, Ferguson, he dropped him though. You know, so he, there's that, and Nate has been dropped before. Mm. But I, I think Nate's been dropped a lot. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think I think Nate can just pressure him. Um, and now work him and get a get a get a win that way. But I think it'll be an interesting fight, though. I'm really looking forward to that one. Mm. But I do think that um, that that style of pressure fighter come forward with a good chin because Nate's got a good chin as well. And and Nate knows how to box. You know, he's not gonna. He knows. I think he's gonna come in and pressure him, move forward, move forward, give look like he's gonna do a takedown, go for a takedown. Pettis's jujitsu is good, but really, really good. Um, but that come forward, come forward, come forward, come forward, pitter-patter, boxing, which which hits harder than people think, mm. is, um, I think, I, I've got to go with Diaz. How long has it been since Diaz fought? About two years, three yeah. years. Do three you think years? that plays into a factor here? Or is, is, is his gym, his attitude just like we fight every day sort of thing? I, I would imagine from his background that he's been training all the time. He, he goes in like triathlons. And, yes, yeah. And like they run a jiu-jitsu school and they've got, you know they've always got people coming out of there so i'd imagine that he'd be in shape all, all mm. the whole time the other thing is sometimes like having that break if you can get it it's good man because you don't want to take too much trauma to the mm. head no definitely. and he's taken a lot so i think he's probably smart to to have taken a bit of time off as well mm. you know so well, well maybe diaz then i mean just going back to the wonder boy fight with uh with pettis you know 
being pressured in that fight. There was obviously there's always that problem with uh, fighting Wonder Boy. There's an enormous amount of uh, problems coming from the feet, all those type of things. Uh, I mean, how do you, can you go past Diaz knowing his chin? That's that's the concern, and knowing that it'll keep coming that entire fight. And he does like Nate is smart. Like he he's covered up. Like he covers up mm. and, and keeps keeps coming. What from you? You you fought Wonder Boy before, and uh, like someone. Uh, what did you see in that fight with Pettis and Wonder Boy? Um, <clears throat> you know, you you gotta you just gotta. I think Wonder Boy just reached a point where he's just taking a lot of damage. He's he's not a young guy anymore, like not like super young, you know. And um, and he's like those Woodley fights he took a lot of like a lot of big shots, and um, yeah, Darren Till. Darren Till, he took the big shots. Just, it's just one of those things. Oh, another thing, interesting thing about Romero is he didn't make weight in the last two fights. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. Like one eighty six, he'll probably make, but you know he's getting older. It's not like it's going to get easier to cut weight. Sorry to go off topic. I forgot, I forgot to mention that. But um, yeah. So you got, you got Pettis? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I mean like, Diaz. No, yeah. Plus, like I'm biased though. Like I've always been a huge fan of Diaz. I mm. Diaz. Eli. I agree with you guys there, do you know what I mean? I think the pressure, I think he'll pepper him and just that consistent punching and that will will get to him. Uh, with the with the knockout that um Pettis last got, was it a little bit of of um Wonderboy was also closing that gap, wasn't he? Hmm. So it was sort of him coming forward and the punch coming forward. Well I don't think Diaz has do you know I mean he's not gonna explode forward and so I don't know, I think he'll pepper him. And he Diaz walks forward yeah like, like this you have to come He's around very, the side yeah, exactly thing. that's how josh thompson knocked him out with that kick around the side yep. but to come flush down the middle it's hard on diaz man he's like you know what i mean and and pettis can do that he's got uh, really amazing kicks and he mixes his punches up really well diaz but um do you know what I mean goes to the body goes back up to the body and he just keeps trying them just that volume do you know what I mean he just peppers people with them and and they're just there in your face annoying and they just get to you and you think they're not wearing on you and then next thing you know, do you know what I mean? Five little bits of pepper compared to one bit of, do you know what I mean? Sold or something like that. One big punch. They just they just have a toll on you. So I think that's how. No more analogies, please, Eli. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 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 no, no more. Um, Hit him with a bit of, bit of wish this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have the Aboriginal Gordon Ramsay over there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, by submission. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. What submission? I don't know. I can, I can pull off like a uh, pull off like an arm or something. Okay, yeah. cool. Like or a guillotine. Well, I, you know what? I can see the guillotine. I can yeah. see the guillotine. What? Uh, now we got Cormier and uh, Mitchich. Mm. Yeah, think? I would. I would lean towards. I have to lean towards DC. You know, um, I, I thought Mitchich would would handle him in the first one, but like DC looks so good at heavyweight. He's so experienced. His skill set is quite complete. He's got good chin. He's got great wrestling. And uh, and now you've seen he has knockout power. He always had knockout power. Yeah, but you've yeah. you've seen like it, it, like in the heavyweight division, he can. He's knocked him out before. Like it's there. Um, yeah, I'd have to lean towards him. That's not saying Miocic. Miocic is a great fighter. He's one of the best heavyweights ever. But um, yeah, I just DC look good he fills out so well at heavyweight and um he's got a great skill set 
I'd be really interested to see. I, I, I really can't call that one, eh? I have to look at, like mm -hmm. you said, DC one. So I'm going to kind of go with that. But it was so quick. I really want to see. I really want to see a fight. I can't. I can't call that one. Gun to my head. I have to say DC. But I've got a little voice in my head that's saying Mirchich. I, I don't know. I can't. Like my the logic says DC, but I've got a thing that's Mirchich. I'm split. I can't. I can't. Do you think that Steve able to avoid that clinch now? I go nowhere near it and try and keep the distance and throw. Because that's where the danger was, yeah? Unexpected. That's quite how Miocic fights, though. Miocic's got good jab. He's got he's got very good boxing. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because the two guys that can wrestle, they're going to end up kind of in that mm. in that clinch. At, at some point, it's inevitable. Yeah. Like, you can't really... He can't avoid it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. Because they weren't, like, clinching. I think it was just, like, mm. in the clinch, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I'd love to see DC win just for the pure reason of seeing him and John Jones fight at heavyweight. I don't know if they will. Do you reckon they will? No. I think John Jones said he wouldn't fight him at heavyweight. Really? Yeah, yeah he said that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Eli? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say Stipe win. I, I don't know. I really like him and stuff like that. But mm. I think if he doesn't get him out in the early rounds, the deeper it goes into the rounds, I think DC's just too much pressure um you know fourth and fifth rounds dc would just mix it up i think it, it it'd just be like him starting to drown in them fourth and fifth rounds so probably if it goes past the if it goes the full length i think yeah dc will come away with the win but i think steve bay will be much smarter this time he'll try to take his time a little bit more and, but, but i'm very interested in the fight it'll be the best fight i think yeah i'm really looking forward to it yeah. i can't i can't pick that one paulie same as eli yeah i reckon the same I reckon if he gets him within three, he's got him. If he doesn't, then come here. Okay. Yeah. I like both of them too. Yeah, me too. I yeah. can't. I can't. It's tough. It's very tough with this fight because I think a lot of people, do you know what I mean? There's not a bad guy in it. Yeah. yeah. Everyone sort of loves them both. Why, if, do you know what I mean? Someone usually gets made out to be the bad guy, but these two, they're both the good guys. So, yeah. Okay. What? So, I don't know, wrapping up, because we've been going for an hour and a half now what um what have you got coming up like what's some things that you want to shout out and whatnot man i'm an australian tour i'm coming to your city come and see me um that's about it really subscribe okay and that's where it. can I'm people gonna... find you again if you uh, google my name isaac butterfield you'll find me somewhere oh, but, awesome. um, rob i got one question for you mm. ask the... away any questions you have by the way no, with the last real... the last press conference the way you handled uh israel's uh attempt to roll you up was the most hilarious way anyone has ever handled anything. I don't know. I can't remember where I was watching, watching it. But you're just like, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I, am, I am glad you appreciate it. It was I, so good. Because it was perfect. I, I knew, like, we knew that's how I'd handle it because that's how I handle everything. It's yeah. like, what are you going to do? It's like, I'm not going to get in here and start having a verbal battle with you. <laughs> so, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but not everybody was going to get it. So I, I'm very happy you got it. Oh, I just thought it was just so, it was so smart because everyone else is, you know, that battle, that mm. word battle, that sort of schoolyard sort of, and I enjoy that. I think everyone enjoys a good, you know, a good beef sort of thing that's settled. But to hear you take all the power away from what he was saying, <laughs> all the attempt that he was trying to, you know, do this and that and, and get under your skin and just go, oh. <laughs> and he was like, he was left with nothing. He was being disarmed. Let, 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 let me just say though, I didn't, I didn't have this thought, like this gameplay going to the conference. I didn't think I'm going to say this and do that. I was just went out there and 
Like being I'll, you, yeah? Be out, huh? Being you. Yeah, I just honestly I don't care. Like you've yeah. by now you've seen the culture, like we put shit on each other twenty four seven. So like I have pretty thick skin. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> you said on uh, an Instagram post, I think it was yesterday, that uh you are going to entertain at the press conference uh, yeah. coming up this this week. No, I said um Melbourne's owed a show. Yes. Yeah. Now, is that talking about the press conference no, or the, the fight, fight itself? No, the fight. Because <laughs> that's how it come across to me. I thought at the yeah. press conference something's going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> nah. You know what is funny, though? I, I G up the security guards. They have security guards there because they don't want the fighters meeting. Sure. Since the old mate threw a boomerang at someone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but ever since then, like, they've had security guards. He should walk in with I, a boomerang. I mess with them the whole time and I just got, you know, bro, whatever you do this whole trip, just make sure Israel isn't within 100 feet of me because I'll go, fucking crazy like i'll go mental i'll just lose it and he's like no, they're, they're doing their job they're very just like no worries i'll make sure don't worry okay because I, I i i wouldn't be able to control myself go, if i see him it just goes red and i go mental like, if he wants to kill it all the time all the time it's funny yeah. what's the reaction oh they're just like yep yep no worries no, start making calls to people and <laughs> it's funny <laughs> You should do that, but then just like pack a machete into a fucking bag or something. And, and let him yeah. see. Yeah. Let him see. Him goes, see. Is he out there? Now <laughs> <laughs> everything will be all right. <laughs> I did that getting out of an elevator the other day in a hotel. I was with my tour manager and we just got out and there's an old dude in there. And I was just like, as we're walking, I was like, all right, so what are we going to do with this body? Where are we going to bury it? <laughs> I just love leaving people with that shit when I'm in elevators. <laughs> <laughs> Talk. Oh, shit. But yeah, uh, no, it'd be very interesting. And the press conference is on, when's that? Is that next couple of weeks? I or? think Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, okay. should be good. Should be very good. Yeah. This Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be tuning in. Yeah. Be good. No All right. Well, thank That's you very much, got, guys. Brother. Hey, thanks for having me Thank on. you for coming, man. Really, My really appreciate pleasure. it. And you want to just say when the, he's going to be on for yours? Uh, so we're going to have it, uh, I don't know when we're going to record it. We're recording it next week, but it should come out maybe a little bit closer to the fight. Hmm. uh and and g it up get uh, the australian people fired up for uh for a war and hopefully we uh we we, we do it justice Should in, in our conversation i'm Can't sure wait. looking forward to it thank you so much thank you very Pleasure. much guys thanks a lot thank you gentlemen thank, thank you. you mate